there. Welcome to the podcast, Biblical Question. We're excited you've taken time out of your day to download our podcast and to listen to us. We certainly hope and pray that Christ would be glorified, you as our listeners would be edified. Please, if you're new to the podcast, I'd encourage you to go to our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all one word, all lowercase, and there you can find out more information about us. We have a statement of faith, there is a prayer request page there, uh, there's a way of helping us and supporting us, and we really ask all of our listeners to pray for us as we continue to put out this podcast on a weekly basis. We pray for all of our listeners. We especially pray for those who are being persecuted in places where it's not popular to be a Christian, for those who are seeking out and maybe trying to break out of a family element. If you do have a Bible question, we will do our best to answer it, and if you would do that through our webpage as well. There is a contact us page. Make sure you put in the subject, Bible question, or something to help catch our eye. We get lots and lots of spam. And if you would please do that, it would help us ensure that we see your email. We have several questions that have come in again, and this is really what we really enjoy doing is trying to find answers in the Bible. Every once in a while we get asked a question that I don't know if I ever thought of or nobody's ever asked me before, and this would be this case with this first question. And the question is, what does it mean when people wink at you? What does the Bible have to say? Well, uh, that's an interesting uh, question. Never, again, I've never heard that question asked, but the Bible does talk about just that. So if you do have a Bible, I would please encourage you to open it and follow along. Uh, you know you can download a, a Bible app pretty easy. On, everybody has a smartphone or some kind of iPad or whatever it's called now. For little to nothing, and you can pay or download your favorite version in your own language even. Uh, if you cannot afford something like that, you can click on the uh, daily Bible verse on our webpage, and that will take you to another webpage that is not associated with us in any way. Uh, it's just a free service out there, and I try to use it myself from time to time when uh, I need to. And so if you would open a Bible and follow along, we're going to be uh, starting in Psalm 35, Psalm 35, and we're going to start in verse 19, and then we're going to turn over to Proverbs. Okay, and here's the psalmist. Uh, Do not let those who are wrongfully my enemies rejoice over me, nor let those who hate me without cause wink maliciously. And then over here in Proverbs, we're going to start here. Let's start in chapter 6. Proverbs chapter 6. And then in, uh, we're going to be in verse 12 and 13. A worthless person, a wicked man, is one who walks with a perverse mouth who winks with his eyes, who signals with his feet, who points with his fingers. And in Proverbs 10.10, 10, if you'll turn over there with me, says, He who winks the eye causes trouble. A babbling fool will be ruined. And so here we have uh, Proverbs 16.30 says, Whoever winks his eye plans dishonest things. And so, you know, there's many reasons probably why people wink. Uh, maybe a wink between a husband and a wife in a flirt or something. But 
In the Bible, everywhere a winking eye appears, it is the gesture that carries a, a negative uh, implication with it. There's some kind of a deviation or uh, deception, I should say, uh, going on that the Bible warns about. And we should not be involved in conversations that are deceiving, uh, gossiping, uh, causing, you know, trouble for anybody by winking an eye in a conversation uh, for those who might be looking. Again, the proverb writer again uh, warns us as the readers to be on alert with anyone who has a winking eye. Probably really, when people wink at me and they say something, and I'm not sure the context, I start thinking I probably don't want to trust that guy. Uh, He's probably got some plot going on. He's trying to trick me or or, uh, maybe he's being deceivious. Uh, this eye language, as it's often called, uh, it's it's just not really fitting. And so I would say uh, I'm cautious when people wink at me um, and they give that little smirky smile or a little grin or something. I'm trying not to use a lot of slang because most of our listeners, uh, English is not their first language. So I hope, I hope that kind of answers the question. Uh, again, I... I've never been asked about that, uh, but the proverb writer and psalmist uh, both say, uh, be weary of people who wink their eye. Uh, it's, just, it's just a deceivious thing. So I appreciate that question. Uh, uh, nobody said where they were from there, and they did not give a name, so that's fine. If you do give a name and you do not want me to put it over the podcast, all you got to do is say so, and we honor that request. Uh, we know that there's places and things that people may not want uh, their name out across uh, the globe, and I get it. Okay, so thank you for asking that question, and we'll have another question. Here is, okay, uh, our next question is about good health. What does the Bible talk about as being in, uh, in good health? You know, as we age, our bodies begin to break down, we get more and more health issues, and I think that's why it's, it's important if you're able to and, and can't afford. That's the problem. Most people cannot always afford to eat healthy. But we need to do our best to, to put good things into our body, drink lots of water, and you know, stay away from things that would make us uh, really sick. Um, and so I'm going to read a couple here again out of Proverbs, if you should still be there, if you Proverbs 17.22 says, A joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bone. So I think uh, having a good heart, you know, you've been around people who just really genuinely love life. They just seem to always be happy. And I, I think they just means they have a good heart. doesn't mean that they don't have bad days and they don't feel sad or sorrow. And so... I think uh, I, I just love being around people that have that. Uh, Proverbs uh, verse chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Uh, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your flesh and refreshment to your bones. And so, again, this idea of fearing uh, the Lord is a theme of Proverbs. Uh, I remember studying with a class years ago uh, in the northern part of the United States, they just would not grasp how you should be fear, fearful of the Lord. Well, God is not your buddy. He's not your barroom friend. He is the king of glory. And there needs to be some respect there uh, of who he is. 
Proverbs 16, 24 says, Gracious words are like a honeycomb and sweetness to the soul and health to the body. Uh, here is Paul in 1 Timothy. He would write uh, to Timothy 4, chapter 4, verse 8, For a while bodily training is somewhat of value, godliness is very valuable in every way, as it holds a promise for the present life and for the life to come. So Paul is it's not ruling out exercise at all. I mean, he's saying your spiritual health is a lot more important. And so I think uh, just our body is really, it's a gift from God. And if we're born healthy and strong without any diseases, uh, we, we should uh, try to give glory back to God and thank God by taking care of ourselves uh, to the best of our body, uh, our ability, excuse me. And so I know a lot of people like to use 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 19 and 20. says, don't you know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you from you have from God? You are not your own. You were bought for a price. So glorify God in your body. In other words, just take good care of yourself and expose others. Uh, use your body to godly kingdom work type stuff. And so, you know, I, I think it's interesting when uh, the Israelites in the book of Exodus, they're, they're really hungry, and they start talking about all these different foods that they ate in Egypt. And, you know, and those were all vegetables and fruits, and, and they really missed those things, and they start grumbling about it. Of course, that makes God mad because they're grumbling, but uh, he does send quail, and so... Quail is uh, a, a good meat to eat. I've ate quail. It's good. And so uh, but water is very important as well. Uh, I don't know if I've really ever been asked that question that directly before. And uh, I know a lot of people around the world struggle uh, to just have a meal. And so you kind of eat what you can get your hands on. And I understand that. Okay, so I thank you for that question. It's uh, Spiritual health is very important, uh, but your physical health, you need to take care of your body to the best of your ability. And so if you have a question, you'd like to have it answered again, I would encourage you to go to our webpage and submit one through our contact us page. And we have another question here. And the next question is... Uh, about communion or the, or the Lord's Supper. And the lady that emailed said that, you know, her husband's been receiving communion uh, every Sunday at, in the hospital that somebody brings it to her, uh, to him, excuse me. And she's kind of wondering if that's really okay. Well, the Lord's Supper or communion services, you can find in the early church, uh, worship services were really in people's homes. You can find that in Acts uh, chapter 12, verse 12, and, and in Lydia as well, in Acts 16, verse 20. And so the Colossi church met in the home of Philemon. And again, at the end of Acts chapter 2, you can see where the early church met regularly with the apostles and their teaching and their fellowship and their breaking of bread is understood to be a communion, and that would be Acts 2.42. Now, I know some people will say, no, that was a common meal. Um, okay, I, I, it's not worth me arguing over. Uh, 
I think the most important thing is how are you taking communion? What is its purpose for you? Um, and are you doing it in a worthy manner? Um, again, Scripture does not tell me I can't find anywhere where communion services must be held. It can be in the hospital room if somebody is for an ill patient, such as your husband. I see nothing wrong with that. Um, I know we've done communion uh, service right here in our home with our little small group. And so, you know, we uh, we get some unleavened bread and uh, some fruit of the vine um, and some grape juice, whatever you want to call it. And we do have the, the communion service here in our home. And so I think uh, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty four through 26, uh, there are some instructions here. Uh, it says, And when we had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink in remembrance. And so, again, as we take the Lord's Supper, we're supposed to remember this is... Um, to remind us of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. You know, uh, the bread is his body, the fruit of the vine is his blood. And we need, it's just a way for us to remember and reflect. And we need to take this serious when we do this. And I know many denominations only do the Lord's Supper um, once a month or twice a year because uh, they're afraid that you're going to lose it's you're not going to be sensitive to that and uh i think it's hogwash myself i think you could take it every sunday without problems in fact you can follow the new testament and that was the tradition of the apostles in the in the early church throughout the book of acts they took the lord's supper on the first day of week every week and so uh, the corinth church would get in trouble a little bit paul would correct them and and saying, you're making this a big meal, uh, that's not the purpose of it. The purpose is to reflect on Christ in the new covenant. So, again, uh, back to your uh, question. By doing that remembrance of the body and blood of Christ, uh, where we actually, that's how we are saved, is through the blood of Christ and remembering that in the hospital bed, uh, no problem. I see nothing unscriptural about it. So, uh, and that's come up several times over the years, that particular question. And I want to thank you. Uh, I hope your husband does get feeling better. Hope he's home by the time you hear this podcast. So, thank you very much. And may God bless you. Okay, we have time for one more question. Okay, and this last question here is What is the Hail Mary? And can I find it in the Bible? Wow. Uh, you can find parts of it in the Bible, and so we will see here, if you open a Bible and follow along, uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 28, we're going to be there in just a minute. Uh, the Hail Mary, uh, or Ave Maria in Latin, is a Roman Catholic prayer to Mary, and it is, it's a plea for her intercession. And... There's also this term in pro football in America, the Hail Mary Pass. It's described by a quarterback in, in the mid-'70s in a playoff, and he just throws a ball up for chance and hopes that his receiver will catch it 
and he makes kind of this joke uh, that he prayed the Hail Mary as he threw it. So, first, uh, let's look at Luke one twenty eight. It says, Hello, full of grace, the Lord is with thee, and blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb. That's Luke one forty two. Uh, this first passage here is, is the angel Gabriel. That's how he greets Mary when he comes into uh, her presence to inform her that God has chosen her uh, to bear the Savior of the world, the Messiah. And the second is her cousin Elizabeth's greeting here. When Mary would come uh, to visit her cousin, and I know some people don't believe that's her cousin, I think it really is, but that's another story for another day. Um, so, and so anyway, she's very pregnant with John the Baptist, Elizabeth would be, and the third part of the Hail Mary is not from the Bible. Um, in fact, it's really a contradiction of scriptural truth. Uh, Hail, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for our sinners now at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, this last part of this prayer has three unbiblical parts to it. And I know we have Catholic people who listen, and I certainly hope that you'll listen to this all the way through. And and I would encourage you to, to open a Bible and follow along and read. Uh, first of all, Mary was never, quote-unquote, holy. Uh, she was a human being born just as you and I were born, uh, with a sin nature. In fact, Mary, in her own words, will state uh, that she knows that she needs a Savior. And so, uh, again, Luke 1, 46 through 55, part of this says, and this is Mary talking here, uh, my spirit rejoices in God, my Savior. Again, a clear indication that Mary, a, a young girl, she really understood that she needed a Savior to save her from her sin. And so uh, the Bible never says anywhere that Mary was this uh, order, other than an ordinary human being. That's all she really was. Uh, now, I don't believe a lot of Protestant-type folks, they like to throw Mary in the gutter, and she does not deserve that. She was chosen. She had been a very special lady, uh, seeking out God's own heart type thing to be chosen. And so, uh, again, be careful what we what we say about Mary. She deserves our respect. She's a great example, I think, for to all women. Uh, in, in fact, she'll go on to say, all generations will call me blessed. And she was blessed in the fact that she was chosen by God. Um, there is an unbiblical statement again as well as pray for our sinners. The fact is, uh, Mary cannot be our intercessor. She did not die for our sin. That can only be Christ. And he is our only one that we need. It is only his blood that can cleanse us. And so to pray anyone other than to God or the Trinity, I think it's fine to pray to the Father, Son, or the Spirit. Uh, and so petitioning Mary uh, really really kind of goes against scriptures. And I know this is a long uh, held belief among Catholicism. Uh, for those who don't know, I was raised Catholic. And so uh, 
Directing prayers to anyone other than God really is robbing God of his glory. In Isaiah 4, verse, excuse me, Isaiah 42, verse 8, can't read my own note here. Uh, Isaiah 42, verse 8 says, I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, no, my praise to carved and, uh, idols. Okay, so um, there's nothing wrong with uh, the fact that Joseph and Mary were chosen by God, very special folks, uh, but they were no different than anybody else has chosen, any other prophet, uh, to go out and to deliver a message to further the kingdom of God in, in their own way, using their abilities that God had blessed them with. And so, again, I, I want to stress, I am not encouraging people uh, to reign on Mary's parade. She does deserve our respect, as who all people who would be uh, that statement, let it be done to me as you say, Lord, and trusting God will take care of it. So, I mean, she had to be a brave woman. There is no doubt. Being a young woman, not married, and having a child would cause her great grief. Uh, could cost her her life. She could be stoned to death under the uh, Levitical priesthood, under their rules. And so that will come to be. Joseph uh, knows this, and he wants to put her away secretly. If you keep reading the text, that eventually God will send an angel to convince him that this is all planned by God and just kind of go with it. And he does. He ends up being... Um, a very godly man, um, and Mary and Joseph, if you uh, continue to read the text, she had other children. And so I know, again, that's not uh, what the Catholic Church teaches. And so uh, there's nothing wrong with the picture of Mary uh, having children. It'd be a very natural, normal thing that a married couple in those days and time would want family as many people in our world today. Okay, so I'll count up kind of a quick thing there uh, over that, uh, over the Hail Mary. I, I haven't had that question in a long time, but uh, it used to be around a lot. And so I want to thank you for your question. I hope I've answered it. If you have any more questions uh, on that topic, please feel free to email me again uh, through the webpage. I would be happy to try to answer your question. Who or what is Elohim? Well, Elohim, Elohim, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, is a Hebrew word that just simply means God. It is the most common name for God uh, in the Old Testament. And it starts really with the first verse in Genesis 1.1. So, you know, in the beginning, uh, Elohim created heaven and the earth. So the basic meaning is behind this name Elohim is the one of strength, of power, uh, or effect. It is an infinite, all-powerful God who shows his works, that he is the creator, he is the judge of the world, he sustains the world. Uh, you know, in Mark fifteen thirty four, when Jesus is hanging on the cross, he will, he will call out, uh, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And so he is using the form of Elohim there when he says, Eli, Eli. And so, again, uh, interesting, the word Elohim is uh, grammatically plural rather than singular in the Hebrew uh, language. And so 
here we have this idea of uh, pluralism. Does that mean there's an Elohim imply a poly, uh, more than one God? No, 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 no. Uh, that uh, polytheism is actually the term I'm looking for. If you would go to Deuteronomy 6, verse 4, uh, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So this is clearly forbidden in the uh, Old Testament, of more than one God, but the, the word is a plural for, uh, form, giving us the first indication of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Spirit. And so I think uh, our God is a great and mighty God. Uh, his power is on display everywhere, and that's kind of really uh, what that means. He has... Uh, Jeremiah 32, verse 17 says, O sovereign Lord, you have made the heaven and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. Again, this idea, uh, Elohim, a sovereign God who created the heavens and the earth. And so, again, basically, it's just a, his basic name in the Hebrew term is uh, Elohim. So I kind of hope that answers your question. And uh, it, if you're really doing a word study on the different names of God, I, I think that's just really a really neat study. Um, and, and there's a lot of them, actually. And most of them, I'll be honest, I probably I wouldn't be able to, to pronounce. And so, but there's this idea... Uh, there's a creator God that we just saw, mighty and strong, uh, prominent God. Uh, the Lord will provide in Genesis twenty-two fourteen. You know, when uh, Abraham, uh, when God would provide a ram for the place and sacrifice, there's uh, Yahweh, and I won't be able to provide uh, pronounce it. So please forgive me for not being able to pronounce those. Uh, maybe somewhere along the way, I can practice how to speak Hebrew better. But anyway, I hope that kind of answers the question. I kind of got off uh, the course just a little bit. And uh, I want to thank everybody for listening. I know uh, a lot of people send positive comments when we answer questions, and they think it's really neat and encouraging. And so uh, I enjoy trying to find answers to those questions. They do take a little time to, to try to find uh, uh, the answer in my mind, I guess, how I want to put it out to you and give you the Bible verses uh, and reference. I think it is so important. We have really begun to lose that in our culture, especially in the United States. Uh, many preachers, they preach and preach uh, all kinds of feel-good stuff, and at the end they throw in a verse just to, so people, uh, I guess like me, will say, well, the Bible was never opened. And so uh, we really need to know the Word of God much better and much deeper, including myself. And it is a daily task. It is something that we have to strive to want to do. And uh, that's why we love this podcast, putting it out for you. We really thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, please continue to pray for us as we uh, can do this on a weekly basis for our health and, and the ways to uh, support this podcast to put it out. It is not free. And uh, I know we have a few people who do help, and, and their help is greatly appreciated. We have... Uh, several bills that are coming up here in the next uh, month to six weeks to keep the podcast going that we're going to have to pay. So uh, 
please be in prayer that we have the resources to do that. And to think other people can do that, that's not necessarily true. Uh, most of our listing audience is overseas uh, in third world countries, and they really don't have the money to send to us and probably wouldn't know how through the PayPal uh, link on our webpage. So, again, thank you for listening. Uh, if you do have a question, I, I say one more time, please submit it through our webpage. Uh, make sure you flag it for a question. We get lots of positive feedback on a weekly basis and uh, lots of little comments here and there uh, on the different podcasting apps. So make sure you hit that like button and follow us so you get an alert on your uh, device that we have released a podcast. Tell your friends and family about us, too. That's how really how we really grow, and uh, we really appreciate that. Again, thank you for listening, and may God bless you, and may He have the glory.